He did. So, how's your sense of urgency? Um, you know, I, I guess as good as ever. You know, give, give, give me a little bit to think about it. All right. All right. <laughs> I see what you did there. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast. On Believe, he is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. Uh, what did we learn? Niners coming off a 14-point loss down in the A. Uh, what did we learn from that one? What did we learned about this team, its players, its coaches. What do we got? A lot on our minds. We'll break all that down. Uh, we'll get into this game. We'll get into Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan, play calling. A lot of people out there mad. People getting a lot of things off their chest. Uh, is this another bad loss for the 49ers? We'll get into all of that right here on the Believe in 49ers podcast, right here on Believe. As always, we want to encourage you to continue to download, subscribe, rate, and review, and locate wherever you find your podcast. If there's a like or a follow button on your particular podcast subscription service, go ahead and hit that like or follow button. Hit us up on social media. I'm at rhaylock on Twitter. He is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at watchrayray. He is at ed. Two five. As always, we are brought to you by the fine folks at Bet Online. Football is back. Of course, you know that because you're listening to this podcast, right? Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. And events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, y'all know how to spell it, come on, y'all, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. In case you're new to the show, after Niners lost, it's what did we learn? After when we hand out game balls. Got a chance to do that last week. This week, not so much. Coming off that loss down there in the A. Um, normally, West Virginia treats the 49ers well. I feel like they leave West Virginia. They go, they continue to play good football, and then bring it all right back home. Uh, that wasn't the case on Sunday. So uh, what did we learn, ED? What do you got? What did we learn? I learned that, um, well, you know, it's an affirmation. This team is going, what did I tell you before? I told you, I told you before the season started. This is a defensive football team that cannot live beyond the mistakes if the offense that the offense could possibly make or the special teams can make. That's what I said. This is a defensive ball club. Uh, that's the way it's been put together. As much as we think about the offensive head coach and that genius label was put on him years back, this is a defensive football team. And Kyle Shanahan has always had a defensive football team since he's been the head coach here. That's the only time he's won. Um, and it was proven. The way if this offense does not make if the offense makes mistakes and does not capitalize and score touchdowns when they have an opportunity to, um, if the special teams is not performing well it's too much pressure on the defense to play perfectly. They're going to have days where they don't play perfectly. That's what happened on the road, tough environment. They lost the game. So what I, what I learned is that um, the theory that I put out there, I think is correct. 
the offense isn't changing. This is who they are. That's how they're going to win or lose games, the way they lost one Sunday, the way they won one the week before. What'd you learn? You know, as I was watching the game, I was thinking about what you're saying right now, and, and that that exact thought hit me. Like, this defense needs to be perfect for this team to have a chance to win ball games. Um, we, we've seen games where, you know, in the past where, you know, offense hadn't played that well, defense able to carry it, even to an extent this season, um, to, to wins. Uh, I feel like in the past we may have seen vice versa sparingly, though, not, not really often because the defense has been pretty good over the course of the last three years, at least for the duration of this podcast, right, the, the life yep. of this pod. Um, but there have been those, those rare instances in which the defense has, has not been able to come up with it and the offense has been able to, to pick them up. It's been very rare, very rare. So you got that part of it. But I think the thing that sticks with me, these slow starts offensively are becoming a thing. And it's not doing the Niners any favors. And as you mentioned, it's putting more pressure on the defense, obviously. But, I mean, you talk about the genius label and this, that, or the other. I mean, it normally those first plays, you got all week. I mean, a lot of coaches script them. You know, some don't, some is the field thing. But, you know, sometimes you kind of do your best work. You see teams have success. I was at the Broncos and, and Chargers game last night, right? And the best the Broncos offense ever looked this season was in that very first drive, right? Yep. Those first couple of drives, right? Yep. I mean, and, and the Niners offense – has been stale to start games. That's a thing for an offensive head coach. Well, that's the offense. You, you got to fix that. Well, that's, but what I'm saying is that that's the offense. That's what you're going to get this year. And that's, um, and, I, I, and I was thinking that going into it, I, I didn't think going into this year, and you know, I was saying, bro, you know, I was saying it's all off season. They are not going to come out and wing the ball like it's Patrick Mahomes or it's Allen. I was saying it the whole time. They're, yeah, they're, I, I understand that part about it, right? But this offensive show, and, and that's not that hasn't been the case, right? That hasn't been the case. No, that, that even the, even the, the nineteen season where they go to the Super Bowl, that that wasn't the case. But the propensity to be able to put together drives to get down the field to score some points. Well, if I can tackle, you're going to have a hard time. The offense is what if you had to describe Kyle's offensive philosophy wouldn't you start it with running the ball absolutely absolutely so if i'm a defensive team defensive coordinator i'm playing against the cowboy i'm playing i'm sorry i'm playing against kyle what am i going to do i am going to stop the run i am going to not allow you to stop the run i mean to, or to run the ball i'm going to load up on it i know the type runs you like to do i've seen it now i know what you're going to do You've been the head coach here long enough. I know your system. I know your style. I know what you're doing. So now, what uh, what is plan B? Because I'm not going to let you beat me with A. And that is what's happening. Kyle has to adjust somewhere as opposed to continuously, as opposed to continuously saying, I am going to run the ball down your throat no matter what. I am going to continue to run these plays and, and something's going to pop. That's a major part of his drive, his 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 first 15, because he scripts his plays, but he's not coming out saying I'm gonna throw the ball across the across the park and, and, and make these plays. He's coming out saying I'm gonna establish this run. I'm established that we're physical. I'm I'm going to establish 
that we're ready to fight you. But everybody's ready for it. Atlanta was ready for it. They punched Atlanta in the face. Atlanta punched back. They punched Atlanta again. Atlanta took it on the chin and then punched back and said, now what? Then Atlanta started punching them, saying, yeah, we meant to punch you the last time. Like I tell you all the time, that's what happened. You ball up your fist on Wednesday saying, I know I got a fight coming. So I'm going to be ready for the fight. They were ready for the fight, and there was no counter to it. And that's that's what's been happening. So that slow start that you get, as long as he continues to try to say, I am going to run the ball in this manner, I'm going to throw these curl routes, I'm going to throw these inside routes, I'm going to continue to do these things, I mean, you know it's coming, right? I know it's coming. Yeah. You don't think the defense does? They they know. They know. Uh, that was what you learned here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. To your point, Falcons plus 118 in rushing yards on Sunday. A whopping 50 yards on the ground for the Niners. That ain't going to get it done. On just 16 attempts, that part, too, not going to get it done, right? Kyle, Kyle's a big believer in in – you know, 30 plus rush attempts, you, you'll find yourselves winning a lot more games than, than, than losing them. And he barely got halfway home to that on Sunday. Well, that's hard to do when you go down, uh, you know, 14 nothing. Go down 14 nothing. You, right? you give up, um, you know, and, and this is the thing too like the defense didn't play perfectly, but what the defense did do is uh, the defense had one bad series. Now, so let's go back to this. You said the best you saw the Denver Broncos. Well, let me just say this, because you talked about the Denver Broncos versus the Chargers now, and you said that first 15. Well, what did Atlanta do? Their first drive. Scored, right? They scored. Scored. First 15. What did Atlanta do the first possession after the second half? They scored. First 15. So the scripted, well, I know what you were about to do. That's That's what we're talking about with Kyle. Kyle should be able to do something. Well, guess what you just saw? You saw a team say, I know what D'Amico likes to do in these situations. And this is what we're going to do to attack them, because this is what they like to do. These are the defenses they like to run. These are the plays that should be successful against that. And Atlanta's coaching staff was correct in the chess match. They go into the half. Here are the adjustments. This is what they like to do coming out. When we get the ball, this is what that team normally adjusts to, and this is how they like to do it. They did that drive. They came down. They scored. Now, after the first drive in the first half, what happened? Domingo adjusts, and they punch him in the face, and nothing else really happens. After they adjust, after uh, in the second half, they adjust. They start punching him in the face. They get him in third and 15, and you let him off the hook. If you don't give up that third and 15, th- that's the only bad thing that they did the entire game. Professional players are going to make plays. A team is going to have a perfect drive, especially if they understand the coaches and they script it correctly and they call the right plays and guys execute, then there you go. So so I know as much as everybody loves D'Amico, guess what? Atlanta figured him out. In that situation, this is what's going to happen. They they got it done. I can't put a third and 15 on D'Amico. You can't let a quarterback run for 16 on third and 15. You can't give up 16 on third and 15. That, so the coach had made his adjustments. That's player. That's user error right there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what that is. That's user error. So other than that, that's what I'm saying. That's the only bad drive that I think they did, that they had. The defense at the end of the day should have gotten out of there, given up 14 points. 
and nobody would have been mad. They had the one that gave them the extra touchdown, that extra possession that they gave them. They should they should have been off the field there. So because if they had walked away from Atlanta on the road and when your offense isn't really doing anything, giving up 14 points because you can't defend, you know, a fumble recovery that, you know, that that's what it should have been. They should have scored 21 points. With that being said, the offense still hasn't done anything. And Kyle has to improve. He, he hasn't improved. He has to improve. Let, let, let me ask you this question, because I'll answer it, even if you want me to answer first. Do you think Kyle is a good or bad coach? It's a loaded question. Um, I know it is. That's what we do. It's a loaded question. I, I, I do. It's almost like the Lane Kiffin thing, right? Like, I, 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 I cover, I go, I keep going back to this. I covered Lane when he was here at USC. And I always thought Lane was a good coach, but he couldn't just get out of his own way sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of got him in trouble and ended up getting him out of SC eventually. And you go down to Ole Miss, look what he's doing there. He's matured, obviously. He did the thing at FAU. He's at Ole Miss now, and, and he's having he's having some success down there. Do I think Kyle is a good coach? I, I do think Kyle is a, good, is a good coach, but we talked about this last season at the beginning of the year, and we, we harped on this. And I feel like in a way we're almost kind of having the same conversations mm -hmm. in a sense. And it's Kyle not being able to get out of Kyle's way. Okay. Okay. So um, uh, you know what? See, I'm with you on that. I, Cause I, that's what I keep hearing that Kyle is a bad coach and you need to fire Kyle and all of this stuff. And Kyle, I don't think he's a bad coach. Kyle is not a bad coach. Kyle is not a bad coach. Um, and there, and then everybody jumps on his record and all of this stuff and blah, blah, blah and everything. He took over. He took over a dumpster fire of a team. Um, not only did you take over a bad team, you took over a bad team that was built to play a different brand of football. So not only so now you got to not only change the philosophy of the locker room, change the culture. You got to do it with players that you wouldn't even necessarily have within your system to to run your system properly. So you got to so you, you get a little bit of a mulligan when you're really trying to reconstruct that, because I know a lot of people will say, well, there, there are other coaches that have taken over bad teams. Look at McVay down in um, in, in um, for the Rams. Well, McVay, yeah, he took over. He took over a bad team but he didn't take over a bad roster where everything had to be rebuilt. It's kind of like Jim Harbaugh coming in after Mike Singletary. I said on the air while I was there that Singletary is the guy that's getting the team ready for the next guy. I said that because I was like, this is a very, very good roster, but it, he wasn't the guy. Um, so Harbaugh came in and had a ready-made team. You didn't have to change the, you didn't have to change the, the talent base. You just had to change the philosophy, the mindset. On, on what we need to do to win. Kyle had to do all of that. So now back to the good and bad. Kyle is an average coach that has been labeled as a great coach. Um, I think some of that is pedigree hmm. and rightfully so. Um, that's expectation, rightfully so. Um, but what Kyle has shown now in the time that he has been the head coach, the offensive guy, is that the league has caught up. Um, he, you win one, you lose one, you look at the record right now. I mean, it epitomizes what he is. He's a 500 coach. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and the, the problem is that this talent base should have you better than that. 
give say whatever you want to say. I've seen people around this league do more with less. I've seen people do more with less. And because of that, you got to start really truly looking at it for what it is. And that's what I'm saying. He's he's an average coach and he's going to have to make some changes within his philosophy. Uh, there's so much talk about the stress that he puts on the defense with all the multiple formations and, and the shifts and the motions and the Debo's here and there and lining up in five different positions. Well, at the end of the day, if you're running the same five, six plays, all that other stuff is just window dressing. And you're, the assumption is that that window dressing is going to continue to confuse people. At some point, guys realize, like, wait a minute. They're doing all of this, but at the end of the day, they're ending up in A, B, C. So all we're going to do is defend A, B, and C. Let them do all of this other stuff. And that's, I think that's what has started to happen. So Kyle is going to have to revamp what it is he does. So now is kind of time. So last year I told you I wanted to see where is Kyle and, and what's going to happen and how things are going to play out. And I was like, okay, I saw him coach. It was like, I, because I was on like, is he a good or a bad coach? And I think we, during the season, I, told, I was like, okay, I, he can coach. I'm not concerned about him being a coach. Now the question is, is he, a, is he an average coach or can he be a great coach? I see average coach. It's, it's interesting you say that because as you say this, I'm starting to picture the tree, right? And mm -hmm. I see McVay. And I know the Rams having issues with their offensive line. And I see Matt LaFleur. And I know the Packers are having issues in their wide receiver room. But that tree is very similar, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they're all having their struggles this season. Yeah. Offensively. Yep. Right? I mean, like, career low numbers for McVay. LaFleur, pretty much the same thing. Um, you know, Salah went out there and just whooped them up in Lambeau, you know, this past week. And so – well, that is Salah knows how to beat them up. Yeah, and, the Niners. He knows how to beat Green Bay. Yeah, and 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 there's a relationship there between him and Lafleur yeah. that goes back from a roommates, this, that, or the other. So it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting that you say that. I that I had never thought about. Um, but I, I people catch up, man. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like the the there there was a time where the the zone blitzes where they were this big thing and nobody could figure them out when LeBeau first got all got a lot of that stuff going and it was it was a thing and then I remember in Dom Capers Dom Capers the, yeah when I was in Carolina I mean you were out there and guys couldn't figure out who was about to hit them in it was the a face mystery and how do we play this and these overloads and everything and then what happens it, it's it's the it's the wildcat. It's the read option. It's like at first everybody's like, wait a minute, how do you stop this? RG3 is all over the place. And then an offseason comes and some really smart people sit down um, with the, at the computers and you start putting in the information. And I'm telling you, I, I was just doing it. You, you're like, okay, what about this? What are these tendencies? And what do they do in this formation and this formation? And what happens here? And you start to look at that stuff and say, you know what? I see something with this personnel. This is what they do with this personnel. This is what they do. Forget all the formations, forget all the window dressing. These are the, these are the plays that they run. You know, you start to look at it, It's like 80% of the time. This is what they do. Okay. If they fool us on those, on those other two plays. All right. But 
eight out of ten, guess what? We'll probably get off of the field before you get a first down. Mm. That's what's starting to happen. I, I truly believe that. So now adjust. That's how that's that's how you have for a player. That's what you have to do when you're when 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 your a move isn't working. How do you counter? Okay, if this dude is just giving it to you, how do you find a way to compete? Because what did I tell you? Competition isn't about I'm better than you. It's what happens when you're bigger, stronger, faster, quicker. How do I find a way to beat you when when I, when it's not working? How do I figure out how to how to beat you? That's what that's coaches. They got to do that now. That's that's what I see. That's why I see Kyle. Um, I see the adjustments being made defensively. Um, even with injured players, I see the adjustments being made. I don't see any adjustments being played, being made, and it's real easy to, to continue to blame it all on Jimmy. It's real easy to say Jimmy can't throw down the field. Yeah, so you said you said two things there I want, I want, I want to touch on. So being down five, well, really four starters, because Jimmy hadn't played a game this year, Jimmy Ward, that is, not an issue defensively. No. Okay. Now, here we go to Jimmy, right? And I mean, wait, do you think it's been an issue defensively? I, I mean, obviously, you miss Bosa, but I, I don't think so. I mean, I think they. That's what I'm I saying. Mean, of course. Of course. You haven't, you haven't missed Jimmy. You haven't missed Jimmy Ward. Um, what makes it greater than. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, of course, that you put, you, when you put both on the field, you put a greater than after because he's, he takes it next level. But the D line is still hunting without him, right? Yeah. Secondary, you lose E-Man. You're still playing well. They're making some plays. I mean, guys are still making plays. Jimmy Ward, your leader in the secondary, he's not out there. Gibson comes in. You're still playing. You got a first, you're starting to huff. They're fine. Linebacking court, fine. It's, it's yeah. I mean, you got D linemen who are hurt, but Ken Law's not even out there. You're, but every, it, everything's still fine. You make yeah, your I mean, adjustments. Mar- Mariota only threw one incompletion. Uh, on on Sunday, but, but, but check and, and yeah, stuff. like he he didn't he didn't exploit that no. other side the the, the side sends Iman Iman like I thought that they would have right like well, I mean, was, well Ryan again you have a coach that made adjustments did yeah. you notice this game you didn't see Hufunga around the line of scrimmage as much as he normally is you saw him a few times but he wasn't in the backfield all game long because you know you you adjust your coverages. They had him out in space a lot more. They had him deeper a lot more. And a lot of that, I'm sure, had to do with the fact that you had um, 38 start. It was a lot of the, the, it was a lot of digging. Into, I mean, look, yeah. anytime you you anytime in an NFL game, you go up less than 300 yards. You've had a, a pretty good day. And I, that was what happened in Atlanta. Obviously, it just did not equate into a dub for the Niners. But going to Jimmy, right? Okay. We talked about this on, on the pod, Jimmy Garoppolo, that is now. This is the Believing 49ers podcast on Believe. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. We talked about this on a previous pod, and Jimmy kind of wanted to open things up, right? Let's do what we used to do, you know, how it, how it used to be, and kind of go downfield. You know, and everybody's saying, oh, Jimmy can't take these shots, blah, 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 blah. He took some. They were there. Yep. Yep. And? Guys got to make plays. So that's that's what I say. But now it's still easy to blame, and I saw it, and of course I was getting it. Because when that was happening, I, I kind of I put out a tweet during the game. I said, can we please stop the rhetoric that Jimmy can't throw the ball down the field? 
It's like he doesn't throw the ball down the field because it's not called. And then you know what I get? I see open wide receivers running all the time, and he doesn't he doesn't see the wide open guy and blah blah blah. And I try to explain, and you know you can't do this on Twitter. But I'm like, in some of the conversations you can't have with people because like like if you don't get that um, a clearing route may come open, but not only is it not the last read, it's not even a read. Okay, so if if the play design is for you to throw some under some intermediate route, some deep in cut. Um, and then you got a, 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 you know, like an out outside outlet. And then you got a check down. If those are your three reads, you may not see that, that last one coming open because by the time you get to those through those reads, now the pressure's on you. And, and, you know, and then I, so I put out, cause I was watching the game and I was like, wow, Allen missed a wide open digs. He didn't even see him. And, you know, and, I, and I, of course, I'm being sarcastic. You know, everyone's like, oh, so you're comparing him to Allen. Like, no, what I'm trying to point out is that <laughs> quarterbacks sometimes don't see wide open guys when they aren't in the read. You're not. And that's the thing that people got to understand. Like, yes, you can sit here and say if he had held on to the ball just a millimeter longer, he would have seen this receiver come open. Two things that always that always get, gets me on that. Like, number one you are assuming that if if he had held on to it a little bit longer that 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 he wouldn't have taken a hit he would have been able to make a clean throw that's number 1 number 2 you are completely negating the fact that that defensive back dropped that coverage because he saw the ball being released he saw the play that receiver came open because you now see what's happening you diagnose what's happening and where the ball has to go. So you're like, I don't need to cover this grass back here because I know you ain't throwing to him. They always take that. People don't take that into account that the DBs are actually like, no, this dude didn't come open. He, he was never open. The ball was just thrown. So that happens as well. Now, sometimes guess what? Jimmy doesn't see him. He doesn't see him. I agree. He misses, he misses throws. He throws balls high. He throws bad balls, all of that type, type stuff. Do I think the position needs to be upgraded? Yes. I, I, that's why I was excited to see if Trey could be that guy. I think that the quarterback position has to play better. You cannot waste a defense like this. You need to be better at the quarterback position. I think your wide receiving core is good enough. Your tight end is good enough. All of these things. Your offensive line is good enough. Quarterback has to play better. All, all of that being said. But do not say that he can't throw the ball down the field or that Kyle is not calling it because he can't throw it down the field. That is not the case. And I'll tell you why. Why the hell would Kyle had gone out and sought this guy to be his quarterback if he didn't think that that guy could run his offense? If he didn't think that guy could throw the ball down the field, why would he not? Why would he not get him and saying that's going to hamper me from running my offense? No, he got a guy that could run his offense, and that's his offense. You're seeing it, people. <laughs> it's going to be the same when Trey's there. I don't think it, nobody believes it. It's going to be the same offense when Trey is there. If Kyle, if Kyle is calling the plays, you're going to see the exact same offense. The only thing you're going to see more of is a quarterback run. What, what did you make of the interception? Uh, not the one before half, the one late. 
He's um, well, yeah, before half, that was just throwing that's the ball. Just, yeah, that's that's just, that was just nothing. That was like instead of punting, let's just throw it and hope we can get a PI. That's that's all that was. And, you know, he threw the ball in the triple coverage or, or whatever. Um, the one late, it was it was a bad ball. He threw it high across the middle. I mean, Debo's not six five. And then the other thing, when you're throwing the ball across the middle, you got to know that you don't want to expose your guy like that, even though you can't hit guys hard. You see a lot more high balls across the middle now because if a guy hits him, they, you know, defenseless uh, receiver rule. So that's part of the reason why a lot of quarterbacks throw the ball high across the middle now. But you always leave yourself open to a tip ball. And that, that was a bad ball. So that's that's at the time when he threw it. I was like, it's a bad ball. He, he threw it bad. He threw it high. Um, and you can't throw that ball in that situation. That that was my thought. What was your thought on it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it was it was a bad ball. I mean, it was. I mean, tips and overthrows are defense's best friend. And so any anytime you put yourself in a situation like that, then it's normally not going to go your way if you're the offense. Uh, in terms of uh, – there's a lot of talk about the sense of urgency or lack thereof from Kyle in the fourth quarter down by 14. I was confused. And but then I understood it after watching a couple plays. Let me see what you got to say. I didn't – you know what? I watched that game and – not one time did that strike me that, oh, they need to hurry up here. They need times running out like that. that and, and I've seen – I feel like I've seen Kyle do this before and, and then listen to his explanation following the game. It was like, okay, I mean, at that particular point in time, like I don't know that we necessarily needed to be, you know, specifically, primarily, no huddle, tempo, um, you know, obviously you go down and you want to score now. By not scoring on that drive, that throws everything off, and then now you're screwed, right? But at not one point during that initial drive did it strike me, oh, these guys are 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 not are are, are not have a, have a lack of urgency here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've, obviously I've seen that before. I mean, I, I think that, and I mean that, I don't know. I think I think that was kind of grabbing straws there. Uh, well, so, okay. So I didn't see it as a lack of urgency where everyone was like, okay, you got to pick up the tempo. You got to do all this stuff. But I was, my thought um, during that time was that, okay, you know, you got to get a couple of scores. So now let's change up the approach. Know you like running the ball. You know, I know you like doing all these things. So now throw it. They're expecting you. They're expecting you to do what you do. They're expecting you to be Kyle. And he came out and he was Kyle and it didn't work. So that's what I would, that was my thing. It's like, when are you going to give the change up? Now, it doesn't have to be no huddle. It doesn't have to be, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be that, but something different because what you had done up until that point wasn't working. Yeah. That's my, it wasn't working and you needed two scores. So, two scores. Yeah. So, so why, why would you possibly think, and that's what I'm saying, you know, the whole insanity thing. continuing to do the same thing why would you possibly think after three quarters of it not being effective sounds like us here on this pod i feel like we keep talking about the same things over and over and over and over your game plan wasn't effective so now like okay where's the change up it's time for the change up so be that no huddle be that up tempo be that okay let's just come out this series and we're gonna throw the ball Let's let's just do it. I don't even care if it's long handoffs. Throw throw a screen to IU. Throw it to Debo. Do, do something because the running you it wasn't working. You 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 had to. So that's 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 my thing. 
Now, that's all I was looking at. Now, we can't go back and say this. I, I will go back and say this. You mentioned, like, ball being thrown down the field and some drop passes. Game kind of changes if you catch those balls. Absolutely. It can, those are it, drive extenders. It could be a different if you if you drop if you do that. But now this is this is the other thing. Why aren't those balls going to Debo? Why aren't they going to? Why isn't that Debo dropping that ball? Why isn't that BA dropping that ball? Why isn't that Kittle dropping that ball? Why aren't they getting those opportunities? Why aren't you getting those guys open more? I mean, you got BA down the field one time and got made a play on the ball. Um, why, why, why is Kittle not the tight end you're scheming open? And I'm sorry. I know football has changed. I know it's changed dramatically. Um, but I've seen a whole lot of good receivers through the years get open. I mean, I, 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 everybody knows that Cooper Cup is going to get the ball, and he gets the ball. I remember when everybody knew Julio Jones was going to get the ball, and he still was going to catch ten the ball. Diggs is going to get the ball. You you know it's coming. He you nothing you can do about it. I, I mean, um, what's old boy um, for uh, for the Chargers? Thirteen. Why can't I think of his name? Keenan right Allen. Keenan. When when Allen's healthy and Allen, you know it's coming. For some reason, these coaches can scheme these guys open. For some. For some, when everybody on planet Earth knows that D Hop is getting the ball, D Hop still gets the ball. If that can happen in those situations, it's got to start happening. You, you know, it's just got to happen at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and you can't tell me like, well, oh, well, they just can't get open. Now, I'm sorry, BA can get open. I watch BA. BA is a real wide receiver. He can get open. He's got routes. He's got routes. He can get open. Um, why isn't he getting his opportunity? I mean, you know, Gray, what round did you draft him in? Yeah, and instead those balls go to McLeod, who's, you know, more or less your team's guy, your returner. Thank you. Thank you. Charlie Warner, who was drafted – when he was drafted, his label was blocking tight end, right? So, so I feel, feel like he had a handful of catches at, at Georgia. So why, why isn't your all-pro tight end that you made the highest paid at his position, why, are, why is he not getting the opportunity to catch that ball? So, so that's so that's what I'm talking about the whole scheme thing and adjusting and his mindset on how he wants to do things. The league, because if the league has caught up to where this is what you like to do, and you're saying I can't, these guys aren't open because they know what they're doing. That's my point. They know what they're they know what you're doing. So you got to come up with a different scheme to get the ball to these guys because there are other players. You know, you go against the Rams. Case in point, you go against the Rams. This team plays the Rams. You know Cooper Cup is going to get the ball, and he still catches 10 balls. Now, you can say, well, he didn't kill us. He didn't do this. He didn't do anything. No, but he got those opportunities. You go into this game, and your tight end, one of your best receivers, one of your best players on your offense, doesn't get an opportunity to touch the ball. Yeah, and, and, and Sunday, Sunday, you know Kelsey's going to get his touches, right? Um, right. National Tight Ends Day, Sunday, it'll be the Chiefs and the Niners. We'll be back later this week to preview that one. Uh, put a bow on this. Niners losing in Atlanta, 28-14, falling to 3-3 three and three on the season. And, I, I mean, I said it at the end of the pod. I was like, look, this you can't overlook these guys. Atlanta is a very good team. Uh, I mean, you look at it, they may be a couple plays away, a couple, couple things going their way from being 5-1 and one right now. Um, um, well, yeah they're, yeah, they're not. They're three and three, but still. 
Yeah, but but they played better ball than the 49ers. They actually played the 49ers. They, that's, they beat the Niners. Like, I they think that's the, the thing that I want to drive home. They beat yeah. the Niners. On, like, I can't say that this was – like, I, I initially I wanted to say, okay, this was a bad loss. Like, like the, 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 no, two they, they beat them. Lo- the two previous losses, right? Like, those are bad losses. No, the Falcons beat the Niners. On, yeah. Like, they beat them. Yeah, they outplayed them. They, they were outplayed. Absolutely. And the, and the Niners and, – and the Falcons played the Niners – the same way the Niners play football and the Falcons play the Niners the way they have to expect teams to play them. And that's what happens when you are a good club and teams view you that way, they're going to come and they're like, they, they know if you play the 49ers, that's why green Bay gets their ass kicked every time they play them. If you play the 49ers and you are not ready to take some body blows, if you're not ready to, to take some punches and swing back, if you're just gonna sit there and play defense all day and cover up, they're gonna break your ribs. Yeah. You're gonna end up like the meat in the Rocky movie. If, if seriously, because they're just gonna keep punching. But at the Falcons were like, okay, we know that you are going to come in here, but we are not gonna let you bully us. Yeah. And eventually, what happened? What happened to the Niners is what they normally do to other teams. It's like it's what they did to Carolina the week before. Yeah. It's like they they got they just kept punching until Carolina got tired of getting hit. Yeah. And then there you go. Atlanta didn't do it. And now they've lost to you look at what's happening. You've lost to the Chicago Bears who are horrible. They are awful. <laughs> didn't I tell you that? I told you that before the game. I told you that before the season started. That the didn't I tell you? I told you the Bears. Dude, are- I was watching them Thursday. I was like, wait. Wait, seriously? Like you lose to this team? Yes, yes. You lost to them. You lost to them. You lo- now, and this is the other thing I'm gonna say: the the Falcons aren't a great team. So this is the issue with this Niners ball club right now. Um, who's underperforming? Because it's a good roster. So we got to figure out who's underperforming because they are not. This is not. This is an average team at best. Their record says so. And they've been that way the entire season. At no point has this been a team where it was like, okay, this is a really good ball club, and now they're just having a couple of, you know, they're in a losing streak, a little bit of a slump. This has been an average ball club at best. You've had bad losses. Um, you've you come in and you you beat a team that you you had you know one good performance. And then everything else, I'd say, is it's been subpar. It's just it's been it's been okay. You haven't you haven't had days where you you know the only I mean what you put it together twice maybe, maybe Seattle, maybe um maybe Carolina. Carolina's a bad team. Yeah. So I mean you you beat up on a bad team that you were supposed to, but credit for doing that. The closest thing that you've played to a a solid team, you just got bullied. Got to fix it. I mean, that's that's the Atlanta's the closest thing they played to a solid team at the time that they played them. Yeah, because because Seattle now has Seattle has a different mindset right now. Yeah, they look they, they look they're a little different right now. Yeah, they're a little different right now because they believe. They believe in what it is that they're doing. And the Rams are, I mean, they're, they're kind of teetered. They're trying to turn the corner, but they, they've they been teetered. The Rams, uh, you mean, I mean, the Rams, you know. <laughs> you know, the Rams. Like, you know my feeling on the Rams. I, I just, the Rams, that's just, it's, I'm never going to lose sleep Rams a week. You know, 
It's just one of those things, man. I told you, even if the Rams have a better roster, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because they they they're gonna play just. It's they they will always always wonder if they can win that game. So all you have to do is take it from them. You as long as you don't give it to them, you'll win. Yeah, yeah because they, they you know it's too much noise. That's why they're sitting around in the office. What I mean, it's, it's like Aaron. Aaron Donald. We all know how how tremendous Aaron Donald is as a player. Why is Aaron? I mean, like how, how he's wasting time talking about them in the offseason. Yeah. I just won a Super Bowl. The last thing in the world I'm thinking about <laughs> the Niners. Who I just beat. I ain't thinking about you. You 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 should be thinking about me. But that that goes into the mindset of how it is around around the building. How 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 much the Niners loom there. But that's a whole different story. Right now, let's just figure out a way to win a game. But fortunately, end it this way. Fortunately, everybody else in the division is three and three. A lot of football left to play. And you got a chance to figure it all out. So we'll just be here as Kyle tries to figure it out. We're just going to sit and dissect it after the fact. Yeah, somehow this team is still in first place. Uh, we uh, continue to encourage you to download, subscribe, rate, and review. We're located wherever you find your podcast. Feel free to hit us up on social media. I'm at R. Haylock on Twitter. He's at underscore Eric Davis underscore. And on Instagram, I'm at Watch Ray Ray. He is at ED25. So from my partner, Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on Believe. We'll see y'all later this week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.